Hello and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Today we have on the podcast Coach Dustin Mills from James M. M. Bennett High School. He's the head football coach there. He also teaches social studies. And I'm, and I'm getting all this information off his Twitter page. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Dustin W. Mills. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me, Coach. I really appreciate it. Um, coach, you know, just tell the listener a little, little bit about yourself. Uh, your background, what got you into coaching, and why you like to be a coach? Sure. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in a military family, moving all over the place, and I actually didn't start playing high school football until I was a freshman in high school, and a buddy of mine across the street had to talk me into it. To make it even weirder, it was on a Navy base in Spain, so you know we uh, were playing other military bases in Europe. So I kind of had a unique experience with football my first two years, and then uh, I moved to Southern Indiana. Uh, my junior year and played football in you know pretty traditional Americana type of atmosphere small town Indiana um, you know so I got had a lot of experience or you know a lot of exposure early on to football in different areas and you know growing up in a military family I you know I saw leadership and I saw things like that and you know it, it was just always something that called to me and I you know I went to college and my plan was always to be a social studies teacher and a football coach well you know the average college student changes major less times than I did like I uh, <laughs> did a lot of different things and eventually came back to history got a history degree but not a teaching certification because of course I thought I was better than the system and uh, long story short I had to get my master's degree to become a social studies teacher so I could become a full-time football coach um, you know and I was I worked other jobs before I even came into education I used to I was a bouncer at one point I uh you know, what else have I done? You know, I've done every part-time job that exists, and I uh, actually ran for political office at one point in my life, and I was only 24. So, you know, it's been a unique experience. But that said, the first time I started coaching football, I said, this is where I need to be. You know, we talk, everyone talks about your why and your passion and all that stuff. Like, the first time I stepped on that practice field, admittedly, I was actually late as a uh, JV assistant coach because I was checked through my alarm. Um but I got out there and said, you know, this is this is where I belong. And that was 2007, and here I am in 2020, really taking the next step as the, the head football coach. Yeah, Coach, you know, it's it's interesting. I've, I've talked to a number of different coaches on the podcast. The story is fo- football just grabs us. And sure. like, what is your – why do you think that is? Because when people get the bug, they get the bug. Um, well, I think it's a variety of things. I think uh, – it's it one you know it's a sense of camaraderie and brotherhood that we uh, you know that we all crave we all crave that sort of attachment and especially in modern society that's hard to find you know we build those bonds with other coaches we build those bonds with the young men that we get to coach and it really I mean that's at the end of the day that's what brings us all back you know are those relationships yes we all push to try and win games we all want to win championships and that's part of the thrill as well it's just that constant uh, you know opportunity to get better and achieve something but at the end of the day it's really about those relationships and just you know uh really building those bonds that's that's what keeps me going and then you know you talk about the x's and o's of it to me it's 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 a it's an art form it really is you know the way guys have to do different things you got to match up a certain way and there's the in-game adjustments and it's just there's never a dull moment in coaching football (laughs) and i think that's one of the things it just you know there's always something to do, and you know we don't have that everywhere these days. So I think that's why guys are really drawn to it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It's I told somebody the other day if I couldn't do football, I don't know what I would do. I don't 
Sure. I don't have any other hobbies. Are you the same way? <laughs> I I have other quote unquote hobbies, but what I find is I get real into that hobby, but I never have time for it because I'm busy coaching football. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, fair I enough. Other okay. I enjoy doing, but I just don't have the time to commit to, especially you know with a ten month old son now. Like you know, time is uh is is a uh, commodity in my life. You know, it's and you know I gotta maximize what I can. So other hobbies unfortunately fall by the wayside because of how much I, I am passionate about football. Sure, and it's always a give and take, right? We have to balance sure. our, our football and family mm-hmm. life. Uh, you know, how, mm-hmm. how do you find – how do you do that? Because I have different people talk about, you know, they, they spend too much time. I hear people talking about, in my opinion, they don't spend enough time. How do you find that, that balance? Um, you know, I feel that if you feel like you're spending too much time, then you probably are. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, yeah. if, if – if you think I've done this too much, then you have, and you need to take a step back, take a break, something like that. You know, it's, it, I find myself, if I, you know, start to get overwhelmed, like, you know, if I'm looking at a, a bunch of different concepts, a bunch of different new information, like right now, all sorts of stuff about special teams, you know, which is awesome, but I, I got to stop and process the information. That's kind of where I draw the line. You know, hey, okay, I need to take a break. You know, not to mention, you know, I have a policy – yeah, hopefully my boss isn't listening to school but with schoolwork, I leave schoolwork at home I know a lot of coaches get caught up in the schoolwork and trying to do football and you know my philosophy is I can take care of my schoolwork from the time school starts to the time school ends so now I have time to focus on football and not worry about grading and lesson plans and that sort of stuff um, and then it's just a matter of making a family and that a priority and understanding somebody said the other day in one of those articles you know, on Twitter like Hey, when chasing a championship ring, don't lose your wedding ring. You know, I think that's important to keep in perspective that at the end of the day, as much as we want to be great as football coaches, we want to win football games, we want to be great leaders. You know, we got to be great leaders in our own families and take care of our families before we can take care of our football family. You know, and I think that's when you make that a priority and you understand, you know, hey, I got to take care of this first. I think it actually makes football easier to coach. Coach, I, I agree. I, I'm right there with you. You know, we don't we don't do much on the weekends at all. We meet for maybe an hour or two on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I know some people do stuff on Saturdays after the game. I just I, I can't do that. I, maybe that's just yeah. me. It's it's something that we're changing the way we do. You know, historically we've always met on Sundays, but you know, coming as a head coach this year, we we play three. Well, I guess it's changed now. We're Part of our home games are played on Saturdays. Oh, okay. Um, that could be anywhere from four games a year to this year, upcoming season. I believe it'll be two Saturday games. So my rule of thumb right off top is if we have a Saturday game, we don't meet at all. Um, you know, take the time, be with your families, just get away from coaching football. You know, there's still kind of an expectation of, hey, you'll watch film. and then. But when we come in Monday and, you know, we'll kind of have a short meeting between once school ends and once we start practice on Monday, you know, we can figure it out there. Uh, my rule is, though, if we're going to have a meeting, it doesn't last longer than an hour. Mm. Um, un- unless, like, so, like, what we did last Saturday is nobody wanted to go to Glacier because we were all sick. And, you know, being, it being in Northern Virginia, somewhat worried about this whole coronavirus deal. Right. Uh, you know, we said, well, instead of going up to Glacier, we had our own mini clinic. But we said we're going to set aside four hours on Saturday and we're going to take care of this. In lieu of Glacier, which would have been two full days, you know, away from home and all that. So, you know, kind of doing things like that, I think, has helped. But just making 
you know, putting caps on meeting times is huge. I know it's easy to get caught up in talking about this, that, or the other. It's easy to get caught up in watching film, but, you know, kind of our expectation is when you show up to that meeting Sunday morning, you've already watched the film, and now it's just a discussion of, hey, what do we want to do? You know, we might pull up specific clips and say, hey, you know, I want to talk about this clip. Awesome. But at the end of the day, we don't need to watch our game again, and then we don't need to watch three opponent games. My expectation, especially with Huddle on phones, is that, you know, Watch it on your own time. You know, I, I have my time while I watch it, if, you know, after my son goes to bed or whatever it might be. I can pull it up and watch 15, 20 clips, process them, and come back to it again a couple hours later. You know, um, but yeah, definitely putting limits on meeting times is a huge, huge thing in my opinion. Yeah, I think we've both been doing this long enough to know uh, there are plenty of coaches that have tried to derail a good – meeting with talking about like the pro game they're about to watch that day or something oh my gosh that drives Mm -hmm. me insane (laughs) i don't want to be here for four hours man let's get to the (laughs) the meat and potatoes you know right well nowadays with technology we can send a group message we're we're trying to break into using uh like google docs and stuff like that more so we can do more communication without being face-to-face does that make sense so we can maximize our face-to-face time and we're not doing exactly like you said, getting derailed. But oh, I was watching the Redskins game or whatever this past weekend. You know, you know. And most of our coaches are good about that, but it's easy to get caught up in that. And we can avoid that by making sure, hey, we've already watched film. Let's just get together for an hour, talk about it, go our separate ways. Sure, absolutely. Um, we're talking about meetings, clinics, coach. Talk about your X and O philosophy. So talk about your offensive philosophy defensive philosophy and then what do you believe as far as special teams you were just talking about researching yeah. that what what are your beliefs in those um you know so starting with offense i've been an offensive coordinator uh you know i was I was hired as a first i was hired as a jv defensive coordinator and then the next year became the jv head coach and offensive coordinator i've kind of been on the offensive side of the ball ever since 2008 so now moving back into or moving into the new role as the head coach it's like I've got to relearn defense, Oliver. So, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, you know, as far as offense goes, historically, I've been a gap scheme guy. Um, you know, we're running 21, 22 personnel. We're running power. We're running ISO. Uh, you know, all, all sorts of things like that. Your fullback traps and whatever. Um, we've done it both from under center. We've done it both in the gun. We've done it in the pistol. You know, when we were at our best uh, the last four years before this year, uh, we had a little bit of a down year. We were more of a spread team running gap concepts with uh, short passes and, and movement passes. Uh, this past year, I mean, we still were multiple. We would go under center and let some, you know, some I formation stuff and, and all that good jazz. Uh, this past year, we started out the same way, but due to personnel, we started, uh, I think, five sophomores on varsity. Uh, we ended up going to almost primarily 22 personnel. Uh, trying to run a lot of power and things like that just for the sake of simplicity. Um, we weren't successful with that. And uh, we, we sat down this year and we talked about it. And, you know, uh, me moving up, I, I will not be the O coordinator anymore. I think it's hard as a head coach just to focus on head coaching itself, um, at least for me. And I knew if I was trying to call plays at the same time that it would take my attention away from what I need to do as a head coach. So, you know, we hired a, a, I hired an offensive coordinator who's an alum and, uh, you know, came back to coach with us. Y- young guy uh, is a football nerd in the best sense of the word. 
He's coaching semi-pro just so he gets more experience and has fun with that. But, you know, we talked about him. Originally, we were going to stay with the gap schemes. Then uh, we went up to a clinic, and, uh, you know, I was listening to another coach that I respect a lot from uh, Oakdale High School in Maryland, won a, a state championship two years ago, a fairly new program starting in 2010. They are exclusively zone. Um, and as I watched his clips and we talked about different zone systems and things like that, we're back to my offensive coordinator, and we're actually this year – going to transition away from that gap scheme and go almost more to uh, exclusively zone. Not completely. We're still going to have some gap concepts and counters or traps, you know, whatever. Um, but we're going to really become good at running inside zone, wide zone, outside zone, all that stuff. Um, I think it fits our personnel better, but also we don't have a feeder system. We have a unique situation here. We have three football playing schools within two square miles of each other, and all of our middle schools are split that some of them come to my school, some of them go to the other schools, and it makes it difficult to have a dedicated feeder program. We've got, you know, uh, two or three unlimited weight programs. We've got a pretty solid eight-man program here in the city, but it just their, their, their football knowledge and their football skills aren't great when we get them as freshmen. So we said with zone, if we could teach them the zone concepts, that's not, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's not as complicated, it's not as difficult. So we can teach them the zone concepts. We can get right to repping. We don't have to worry about necessarily like, okay, what's happening on this play? What's happening on this play? It's inside zone, man. Can you count to three? Perfect. You know who you got to go. Sure. You know, we can then work on execution from there. And then passing game, um, like I said, we've been primarily moving passes. Uh, started a sophomore QB last year. But, um, you know, this year we're looking to put a lot more of uh, – some some air raid concepts and not throwing the ball that often, but at least you know running your stick and your mesh and your shallow and stuff like that, just to give some quick passes out there and, and try to expand our uh, our passing game to say the least. Sure. Uh, defensively, switching sides of the ball. Um, we the past three years have been an odd stack team, three three five or three five three, however those defensive guys label it. Um, you know, this year we're going to transition more to uh, like like four two five type deal. Um, we decided we wanted to get four guys down on the line of scrimmage the majority of the time. Uh, having three, even though you're, you're you're bringing five six man pressures and stuff like that, we were really not holding our own against the run. Sure. Um, so we decided to go with the four man front. Um, you know, we see a lot of we see everything. You know, in the first six weeks of my season, I'll see spread pass, spread run wing tee twice wishbone and uh another team that'll do just about everything double wing um oh my god uh, uh. it's yeah we're all over the map uh, so we, the other thing he says we have to be able to be flexible and multiple yeah. and looking at the different defensive schemes out there looking at our personnel we said you know four two five concepts are really where we think will fit in well for our guys and it's been actually uh, it's been a blast learning all this defensive stuff you know um like I said, haven't really looked at it in the past 10 plus years. So coming back to it, I'm like, wow, there's some really awesome stuff going on here. So we're really excited about that. Um, we got some guys I think can play those down safety positions and be, uh, be some, some dudes for us. Um, you know, free up our D line, be running some, uh, some games up front, uh, with those guys. I, you know, I'm really excited about defense, which sounds crazy for me to say, but, um, I'm really looking forward to that, putting that together in the off season putting it on the field in August. Yeah, so you're uh, going to be like, are you going to be like pattern read, pattern match, or? So, 
Yeah, we're, we're starting to move towards that. Again, this is a, you know, like I said, without any feeder program, we, one of the issues we struggled last year, as we talked about it anecdotally, our guys don't know basic football concepts, you know. Um, and we were teaching the very basics even as sophomores and juniors. So we've made a point this year of going back and trying to teach the game of football. You know, we want them to learn football, learn the language of football. It makes them more recruitable as athletes, but it makes it easier for us to communicate with them on field. And one of the places where we're having to introduce totally new concepts is with, with pattern matching. Um, you know, and I think that's <laughs> – it's been kind of interesting for them because they don't they don't grasp it at first. But fortunately, we've gotten some, some great film from some uh, some schools around the area. There's one out of West Virginia who's been awesome to helping us out. Um, you know, so we were able to show them that film and say, "Hey, here's what it looks like." And at the end of the day, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Hey, if number two goes vertical, it's man. If number two goes out, it's zone. If he goes in, it's zone. Like there you go. You know, I, I know it's a little bit more complicated than that. But at the end of the day, we can boil it down to a point where, you know, we can pattern match, um, you know, and there's some other things we're going to do with our twos and threes. And it won't always be matching, but I think that's where we're going to start is just with matching. It just it allows us to maximize our pass coverage while still maintaining uh, really a six, seven man run fit game, which is important in our league. Oh, yeah. I mean, high school football is all about stopping the run oh, yeah. and then run, mm-hmm. run the football. Um, Correct. So, I mean, that's. To me, if you if you can do those two things, you're going to be okay usually. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of our philosophy too: is make teams beat us through the air, you know, stop the run, and then be able to run the ball when we're on offense. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, you were just talking about your special team, looking at special mm-hmm. team stuff. What are you? What's your your next evolution there? Okay, so I am a little bit. How do I use? It? I don't want to say I'm a rebel, but I got a little bit of maverick in me. I like to kind of push the envelope on something, so stay with me through my special teams here. All right, our kickoff returns, our kickoffs are going to be pretty pretty standard. Uh, we're going to do a couple different things with personnel, but I think by and large, it'll be what most people think of when they say kickoff and kick return. Now that said, you know uh, I'm a firm believer. I don't want to kick it to the team's best athlete. Sure. Uh, you know, and who do they put back there on kick return? They're studs, as we will too. You know, so we'll probably end up going up. Uh, a lot of squib this year, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to play my cards too early. But I would tell my opponents, don't be surprised if we start uh, on siding a, a fair amount, sure. simply because you know, if you look at the numbers, if we squib the ball, we're kicking off from the forty. They're going to get the ball at roughly the thirty or thirty-five yard line. I might as well attempt an onside kick, which is still going to travel fourteen, fifteen yards, get us a chance. You know, and looking at the statistics, um, you know. Teams are just as likely to score from the 45 as they are from the 37 and a half. Right. So, you know, we don't lose a whole lot there, plus we get a chance to get the ball back. Um, punting is where things get a little weird for us, you know. So, I, you know, I don't know if everybody who's listening knows the whole uh, uh, the scrimmage kick rule in high school, but there's no delineation in high school between a punt and a field goal. There's not. It's called a scrimmage kick. Huh. So we can line up in a field goal position kick the ball, you know, say we're, we're punting, quote-unquote, from our own 20. Right. What's what's an average high school punter going to do? Maybe get it out to the 50? Right. The, you know, the, the negative 45? Like, so if they're going to do that, then what's it really help with us? Where I can line up in a field goal position, we can put the ball on a block, and he can boot the snot out of the ball. You know what I mean? Huh. If he does that, the ball is down. If it rolls into the end zone, it's a touchback. 
if not, it's down to wherever we touch it. Again, they have a chance to return it. Um, but if it goes out of bounds, it has the same rules as a punt. So it's just a difference of looking at it and saying, hey, you know, what can we do here? Um, you know, I'm not. So we'll still have punt formations because I think you can you can put a lot of uh, stress on a defense when you line up in a punt, uh, abnormal punt formation. Um, Pace Pace University out of uh, New York does a lot of that, and they've really given teams a lot of a difficulty with their punt team um, and all the fakes they carry. Uh, and then, you know, I, I firmly believe that we will also go for two somewhere between 75 and 80% of the time every time we score a touchdown. Okay. Um, you know, that's the old gap scheme power coach. I mean, if we can't get two and a half yards, we don't deserve it. But at the same time, you know, looking at it statistically, if we if we score two touchdowns, if we score four touchdowns, right, and we kicked all four extra points, we get 28 points. If we score four touchdowns and I only get two two-point conversions, 50% success rate, which at two and a half yards I think is reasonable, we're still at 28 points. But if I score four touchdowns, I go for two and I get three or four of those, I now put pressure on the other team's offense. Right. I now put pressure on the other team's coach. Crap, now we got to go for two, something they're not ready to do. Or, hey, maybe we got to go for it on fourth down this time instead of kicking a field goal because we'll still be trailing by a point. You know, anything I can do to stress the other team, I think only helps us. Um, you know, so some of the some different special teams philosophy things. Um, and I'll be quite honest, they may not work, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I just look at the game as I've coached it since 2007 and seen what stresses people out. And anytime you get out, break outside the norm, it stresses people out. Um, you know, plus it's kind of exciting for our guys. It's letting them know, hey, we're going for, we're trying to win games, man. We're not trying to, you know, tie games. We're trying to do what we need to do to take advantage of situations. Um, it also leads to simplicity too. I don't need to spend as much practice time on extra points you know I, we can have a couple two-point plays that we rep out it gives my defense more practice stopping a two-point conversion um you know all those things and i think it just it makes us more flexible in practice and with teaching uh, our assignments coach that's that's really good there's a coach from arkansas i forget his name mm-hmm. he kevin does kelly. kevin kelly that's oh, it yeah he like that yeah so you're like you're a believer in his some of his philosophies. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you know. I mean, the man's won more state championships than I've ever watched. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, so something he's doing, uh, Pulaski Academy is this is where he used to be. I think he's still there. But yeah, I mean, it's it's you know it's abnormal. It's different, which I know can be a tough sell for fans, parents, administration. But if I get the players believing, that's all I really need. You know. Sure. Um, but yeah, he absolutely he has some 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 great philosophies and great ideas with what he's doing. Yeah, and you're you're trying to find your edge. You're trying Correct. to equalize talent and trying to <laughs> trying to beat people that maybe are a little better than you. I'm guessing. Sure. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. You know, we could sneak if if we say we go on side five times, even if we recover two of those, so that's a less than fifty percent success rate. I've now stolen two possessions from their offense. Sure. You know, that's two more chances we get to score, but more importantly, two less chances they get to score. So when they do get the ball, maybe they're going to press a little harder. Maybe that quarterback's going to push that ball uh, into double coverage where he wouldn't usually make that throw. You know, maybe that running back's going to try and bounce versus run the hole. We get the spill. 
we tackled for no gain versus the scene he would have had if he had just run B gap or whatever it might be, you know. And it's little things like that, in my opinion, win and lose football games. Right. You know, X's and O's only matter so much. It really comes down to the decision-making process of the guys playing the game. And if we can put pressure on a coach, that inevitably is felt by the players. You know, they directly reflect their leadership. So the only thing we can do to make the other team work harder, I'm a big believer in. That's beautiful, Coach. That is beautiful. Um, as we as we land this thing, you've given a lot of good nuggets. So give like a young coach or any kind of coach really like a gold nugget of if you if I knew this if you knew this like five years ago this would have really helped you. Um, it's funny you said I just put out on Twitter a couple of days ago. I said, "Hey, I'm a new head football coach. What you guys got for me?" And the advice I got was awesome. The one consistently thing I saw from all those guys and I've always believed is, you know, as the kids would say, do you, don't worry about what other teams are doing. Don't worry about what uh, people are saying about you, which is always tough. Don't worry about the fans. If you truly believe in what you're doing, then stick to it. You know, if you truly think what you're doing is the right way to do things, then go for it. You know, because the minute you try and do something that is not genuine, it's not going to be successful. Um, you know, let your personality be reflected. Don't change who you are as an individual, and the players will appreciate you for that. Um, you know, but just do you at the end of the day. Find what you believe in. Stick to your principles. The standard is the standard, you know, and don't be afraid to push the envelope a little bit. You know, if people don't like it, then that's okay because people don't like to be pushed out of their comfort zone. And if it's a little bit different, so what? You know, as long as you you believe in what you're doing, then by God, stick to it and do it. Coach, that's awesome, and that's – I think that's really hard coming, sure. coming out of – well, it's hard any time, but especially coming out yeah. of, like, clinic season because there's all these new ideas, you know? Like, well, I mean, yeah, like I just said, we went to a clinic, and I came out convinced on zone offense. Now, it's a little bit deeper than that, right. you know, to, to be fair, but, you know, uh, it is. You're absolutely right. It's hard to look at other teams and say, well, they're being successful doing this. Well, they could be successful for a million different reasons why. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's – I know for me it's hard because I'm one of those – I'm sure you're, you're, you sound like the same way. I'm like – I'm a film junkie. Mm-hmm. So – and I'll get film from all these different high schools. I'll talk to different coaches on the phone. And you're always thinking, well, can we do this? Should we do that? Sure. So how do you find, like, what is good for you? So when I do that, I try and get away from looking at the whole scheme. I try and look at what are the individual techniques that some of their players are being successful with. Okay. You know, like, for example, we're watching, uh, it's actually Musselman High School out of West Virginia. Um, you know, I really like what they do with their ends as far as reading hard on the gap and really squeezing things and coming under and forcing a spill. You know, granted, they're the four-two-five scheme that we're looking to make a move into, right. but we're not going to copy everything they do. I really liked what they did with some of their personnel, and I think to myself, okay, can we take this and reteach it to our personnel and if the answer is yes then hey you know let's do it but if i have any you know uh suspicions that it wouldn't be successful with our guys then i'm not even going to try it you know i'm a firm believer that we want to teach to the simplest level um you know uh and then build from there so if it's something that i feel is going to be too much or you know it's just simply something that doesn't fit our mold then you know i'm going to get away from it but as far as schemes go like you know i was talking about talking to Oakdale about zone we're not going to run zone the same way they do it you know we're going to run it the way that I think we're we'll probably we'll probably go with the count system you know I, I 
took me a while to figure that one out, but I realized, hey, if I can count to three, I know who I'm supposed to block. <laughs> Every O-line right. can figure that out. I say that because I played O-line, you know? Right. Um, in those sorts of things. It's finding the technique, I think, that works with your guys and not necessarily the whole scheme. Um, you know, it's like an a la carte menu versus uh, eating a true entree. You know, you get to pick and choose. Hey, I want to taste that. I want to taste that. I want to taste that and build a better meal for your guys versus saying, hey, I'll take this off the menu. And you may not like the vegetable of the day you get. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. Um, you know, pick and choose what works best for your guys. Don't worry about the whole overall scheme. Coach, that is – that's really good. I've written down a bunch of different notes uh, from the stuff you said. So this is this is awesome. Um, thanks for coming on. And, oh, my pleasure. Man, this is, this is awesome. Uh, listeners, thanks for I, doing what you do with the podcast. Yeah, anytime. I try to just – Put some good coaches on, and like you yourself, you coach, and this is this has been beautiful. Um, but listeners, I will put this one up shortly, and you can look look for it here in the next. I don't know. Today's March fourteenth. Here in the next couple hours.